What is up, Lightbeams? This episode of The Know is brought to you by Cinderfit. In case you missed it, I started using Cinderfit blocks in my workouts and I am absolutely loving them. Cinderfit is a design-oriented fitness brand based in Miami, 305, what it do, and they have created these awesome, versatile, weighted, and very chic cinder blocks that are a super asset to any gym or home workout. I can't wait to tell you all about my experience with them mid-episode, and you already know you are going to be able to use my unique promo code, Nikki Spo when you check out at www.cinderfit.com. Thanks to Sana Skin Studio for supporting the No Podcast. Sana is a skin studio that is shifting the relationship with your skin and your products through goal-driven facials, real guidance, and clean skincare. Stay tuned for our promo code so you can receive $25 off of your first facial at Sana Skin Studio. Welcome to the No Podcast with me, Nikki Spo. Ladies and gentlemen, mamas, soon-to-be mamas, new as new as new mamas, seasoned mamas, women everywhere, and honestly, all the people. Welcome. You are listening to The Know, where it's not about knowing everything, it's about coming to know ourselves. I am your hostess, Nikki Spo, and I am so grateful and excited that you're here today because we are going to get down and dirty in the topic of women's health, but specifically women's sexual health. We are going to be chatting with Dr. Peter Kambongza today, who is a triple board certified OBGYN, a pelvic reconstructive surgeon, a urogynecologist who specializes in cosmetogynecology and sexual health. But before we get into all of that, I want to give you a little nudgy nudge to subscribe to the No Podcast so you don't miss a beat and go ahead and if you're feeling called to, leave me a five-star rating and review. This not only means the world to me, but it also gives our listeners an idea of what they can expect from the show. So yeah, subscribe, rate, review. You guys are rock stars and I'm so grateful to be on this journey with you. Right, so Dr. Peter Kambangza or Dr. PK as all his patients know him as, not only is he triple board certified, but he also happened to deliver my three babies and was so incredible to me and my family. This man has over 500 five-star reviews on Google and that's not an accident. He's really just that good. Today, Dr. PK and I are going to talk about all the vaginal things, okay? All of it. Remember the episode that I did with Dr. Kat and Dr. Luli from Painless Pregnancy? Well, obviously it's a small, small world because they're all friends, of course they are. And their goals are similar, to help women feel healthy, empowered, and strong in their own bodies. So get ready for a wild ride as we talk about all the things, women's health and sexual health today. And yeah, get excited. Not too excited though, keep it PG. We'll try to. Anyway, here we go. Dr. PK, you know, obviously, thank you for taking the time to talk with me today. I know you're super busy, literally just running in from like an, seeing an, a, a patient from an emergency. We hope everything's okay. Um, this show, The Know, is not about knowing everything. It's about coming to know ourselves. So, you know, with your opening your private practice, the Miami Institute of for Women's Health with your wife, Diana, and your incredible staff, like, I feel like what we're going to talk about today is going to help so many women and, and people like just come home to themselves and get comfortable talking about some things that might typically be uncomfortable topics for them. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think that's one of the things when I share with, with my medical students and residents that I, that I teach us as a faculty is I want to make sure that you're in this rotation, you get comfortable being uncomfortable because there are a lot of comfortable, comfortable topics. And the same with patients. There's some things that thankfully I, I, I build that relationship with patients that that a patient told me, I feel like you're, you're a mix between my priest and my hairdresser. And <laughs> me a little bit to realize, I'm like, well, yeah, I guess you can share everything with you. And the good thing is I'm not like a priest because I don't need to put them on any penitence, but also I'm not as, as gossipy as the hairdresser. So <laughs> they, they feel they can share with me. That's <laughs> great. Yes, there we go. So that's why that it's, 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 it's good that they have that confidence that when they come, is only so for some people there's just a regular exam and enrollment check. For others, is the opportunity to vent, share some personal issues, any change in changes in their life, death of a partner, death of a family member, issues with the relationship, medications, new diagnosis of cancer, and how is that affecting her 
as a woman. And I, and I trained to be very holistic, even though I was trained, you know, conventionally in Western medicine, I tried to take a holistic approach and, and take care of the, the whole, the whole, the whole woman. Hence the name of the practice. In, in, in our practice, as you know, we, we do blood work, we do sonograms in here, and I want to convey to, to that patient that, hey, listen, your cholesterol is a little high. That's important. I don't want to wait until she's 40 or 50. If we find that early on, it's something that we have an opportunity to guide her into the adequate specialist. So those are some of the little things that, that we try to do here, a little bit different from other places. Well, I mean, your your Google reviews speak for themselves. I mean, obviously, we you know, I, I told all the listeners in my in my introduction of who I was going to be speaking with today that you're triple board certified and everything. But another really impressive thing is that you have over five hundred five star Google reviews, and that's like that's just it blows me away because you know you I've left you a review before, right? And but you go in and you see all of the other reviews and how much people love coming to you, and you can tell by what people write that it's really genuine and they're hitting on a lot of the similar things that you're telling me that they feel like they can talk to you about anything and that you're not judgmental and that you take care of them as a whole person and not just like, okay, you're in for your pap smear and then you're heading out. So I want to ask you also, like, how has running your own practice? Well, because when I started seeing you, you were with a group, right? A group of kinds. So how has running your own practice been different for you than working within the group practice when I first met you? Well, a, a great question. At first, it's something that, you know, a lot of my colleagues and friends mentioned, you know what, maybe we should go and you're wrong. Even my patients told me that. And I came to a, a comfort level that we had so many people that they called, you know, they have to be in a hospital, you know, that often. But I know that I wanted to do something different. I, I have all this board certification that I have spent time, money, effort, uh, taking yeah. boards, studying for them, passing them, that I said, you know what, I, I can put all that together and provide a, a different service that I'm not providing right now. And I'm limited because, you know, having, you know, X amount of partners, we have to come with an agreement and what we want to offer. So I have to be, you know, my own boss and have my wife, wife as being my ultimate boss in, in, in ruling in ruling and guiding the practice and will want to take them. So it, I've, I've been very pleasantly surprised that being a, a year already today is actual year of opening our practice. I have patients that continue to see me, even though I transitioned from another place. I have the privilege that people write the reviews. They come and see me from places that that I kind of believe they're coming. I have a patient see me for the past 10 years from Michigan. She moved to Ohio, to Wisconsin. Every year she comes in for an annual exam. And I said, listen, you're in University of Ohio. Their OBGYN is this. Oh, what I like couple over here, whatever. And so it, it is what we what we offer. And I'm I'm not taking all the credit because we have a fabulous team starting with with my wife and CEO. The stay in the, in the reception area, we try to take it minimal. We have our lab facility to make it convenient for the patient. We have ultrasounds. We take care of aiding the patient in referrals. If the patient needs an endocrinologist, we help them make that appointment or give them and provide them that information. So it's all those little things that we go above and beyond, which is what I would do with any friend what we do for our patients. And that's the thing, we treat each patient as a very special family member, part of our, of our, of our club, if you will, that, that we can assist in their journey through life. Because we see women as early as, you know, 10 years old. I, I even seen children that I de uh, delivered because we do pediatric pediatric and adolescent gynecology to women under 80s and 90s, you know, in their golden years when, you know, they still want to come and see me or they have issues with prolapse or, you know, any pain or anything like that. So we have the myriad of, of group of women that come and see us through different ages. And, and I've been blessed that they are able to take the time to put some reviews and, and pass a word and, and making us grow. Healthy women are the backbone of the thriving and stable, resilient society. And unfortunately, there's a lot of innovation, but unfortunately, very little has become for innovations for women's health. And to answer again your question, that's what I wanted to build my practice and develop and change the paradigm in women's healthcare. Uh, not let's go for your pap and that's it and get your mammogram. There's something else that we need to check about. Let's talk about sex. Let's talk about your cholesterol. Let's talk about your thyroid. How are you doing with your relationships? How are you doing with your heart? Have you done your bone density? Many things that we can take care of besides doing that. And again, for for the 
younger generations on their teens, 20s, 30s, some women do not have a primary doctor. So I am that doctor that takes care of all of them. And even when women move into their 40s, 50s, and then even unfortunately they develop diabetes or hypertension, maybe it's at that time where they need a primary to manage those conditions, which of course I don't do. But some of those who don't de develop those diseases, they still see me as their only doctor. So I feel privileged that I am responsible for all those minute things that are important in the women's long journey of their health. So if I don't take care of their cholesterol or their thyroid, who's going to be? There's a lot of intensity around women's bodies and rights. And in Florida, we just passed, you know, the the bill that we had been talking about that, you know, no abortions after six weeks. And I'm not here to um, ask you what your personal opinions are on that. Um, but being that you work in the field of women's health, how do you manage or bridge the gap between science and medicine and personal beliefs? Like, how does this, if at all, influence you in your work? Because I'm really, I'm sure that it's a really, really hard balance as a as a human being in the practice of medicine. It is, and and, and being a, a women's advocate, and I'm going to be very frank and put it out there. My patients comes first, so I I, I am a pro-choice uh, physician, and but I try not to put those beliefs in the patient's point of view. So if a patient is very religious and her opinion is to do A, B, or C, I respect that. However, I will mention uh, that as an option, uh, particularly if she might want to be considering it because I want to make sure she knows she has, or at some point, she had a little bit more opportunities of options and choices at that particular time. So I tried, first of all, not to be judgmental. I tried to always listen. And at least hopefully by listening that, person is able to share with me knowing that I'm not making any faces or frowning, that they feel, oh my God, did I say something wrong? I just simply listening, knowing that whatever you say is not going to shock me. I heard a lot of things and I'm here to support you in whatever it is that you want to do. So the balance is that I, I'll try to relay what that person is telling me, perhaps reevaluate it and, and give her my medical opinion of what I can see she can do, what options she might have. And then from there, hopefully she can make her own decision, hopefully an educated decision after she walks the door or many options that she didn't have before. So I think for me, the balance is, yes, I'm not, I'm not pretty much preaching if I'm extremely Catholic saying, oh my God, you shouldn't do that because no, that fades out. What's happening with you, Maria? No, I feel I have this situation. Well, listen, why don't we try this? Why don't we try that? And perhaps that relaxes her a little bit that she's not being judged, that she's not being looked by her physician in any religious, judgmental, political, sort of view. we're in closed doors where this conversation stays between the two of us and she's able to open up in whatever way she feels like, share whatever intimate details she wants to share, and hopefully with the information she's provided, she can make now a more sound decision regarding her body, her mind, and her whole situation with with the tools that I hopefully have provided. Yeah, I mean, and knowledge is really po power. And Another thing that you mentioned, I wasn't even going to bring it up, but you mentioned it while we were talking is pediatric gynecology. Like now that I have a baby girl, I'm like, oh my gosh, you know, like I know, for example, that I started seeing a gynecologist when I started having sex, like from a professional standpoint, like when should, and I know that I'll, I have a huge base of moms who listen into this show, like at what age should girls be seeing a gynecologist? Very good question. Well, you know, most of the, the young women that come and see me, or uh, patients that I delivered that the moms are my patients. Well, why should I come bring my, my daughter Jenny to see her? She's the one that you deliver. She's going to college. Normally they start getting nervous either on their high school years when they start experimenting with sex or before they go to college because they want to make sure they have some contraception. For me, I tell them, listen, bring them with you in your appointment. They can meet me because they met me before. They know how a relationship with your guide doctor is. That way they they hopefully see that it's not intimidating, scary. I try to make them comfortable. I want to make sure this is what we do. And I explain to them this is what the physical exam entails. So for young women, to answer your question, we don't do pap smears until age 21. However, a 16-year-old might come in and tell me, my God, I have a vaginal discharge. Oh my God, I got waxed. I don't know what I have. It's itchy, burning. And I might need to do a physical exam. So my first visit with them is to tell them, you know, why is it that I do my medical specialty? And then so I'm, I'm, I'm your woman doctor. From head to toe, this is what I do. Of course, we're talking about your intimate part, what's bothering you, and these are the things that I need to do in order to evaluate what's going on. 
Um, sometimes they come and see me at the early teen years, 14, 15, where they get in the license, start experimenting with boys. And I just need to chat with them, talk to them about HPV vaccines and contraception. That doesn't even involve an exam because by then usually they're being seen by the pediatricians. However, if there are some young women that are having bleeding, bleeding mental crabs, endometriosis, they don't know that. Maybe mom knows because mom has endometriosis and they say, you know what? The one's not going to see her because she's having terrible mental crabs. And of course, we do sonograms here in the office. We develop a plan of options and medications that might work. And in this day and age, we are seeing more young women going through surgery because of, unfortunately, pelvic pain and endometriosis that is diagnosed at an earlier age. Because sometimes pediatricians might not know what it is. They don't deal with it surgically like I do. They might not know, you know, they might think it's something, you know, in their head or, you know, oh, you, you just saw the mental cramps and they dismiss it. Even if, if the, the doctor might be a woman and I said, no, you shouldn't be having painful periods. This is not normal. Let's get better. You know, just because your mom have eight, 10 days of bleeding with clothes, changing a pad or putting a pad on a tampon every hour doesn't mean that's normal. That might be normal in your household, but that is not normal in, in, in real life. So educating them is, is what I try to do. And I, I tell them, bring them when you can. It's just get in that relationship. And that's why my relationship with patients is kind of lifelong. Uh, and, and, and it goes from that those teenage years until they have children. So, and to talk about like what's normal, right? We, us women, like we have babies. I have three babies that you delivered. I had two vaginal deliveries and one cesarean, you know? And we've talked often about like, again, you know, like we, that we're both friends with Dr. Luli and Dr. Kat from Painless Pregnancy, who, yeah. you know, I worked with after I had my baby girl, um, about the things that are, quote, normal and abnormal about what's happening in our intimate areas after we give birth, you know? So you offer a bunch of services now that you didn't previously offer at your, at your practice prior, um, types of cosmetology, but also ways to help pelvic floor issues like incontinence and just like, and, and prolapse, which we've spoken about and where did went like, so why did you get into this besides the fact that it would likely be very successful given that so many people want or need these services. One of the board certifications that I have besides the pediatric gynecology, I'm a pelvic and reconstructive surgery dealing with women's urological problems and pelvic discomfort, pelvic prolapse, you know, deals of, of, of people having urinary issues, urinary incontinence, fecal incontinence, the you know, bulging of the vagina. So I'm a surgeon for that part and also minimally invasive surgery. So I, have, I, have, I added you know, mouth for subspecialties to my belt. And I changed the paradigm on the Miami Institute. I wanted to not only find non-surgical options, because primarily my big, big hat is, is, is surgery. I still do deliveries, it's, it's very few. Uh, but my main you know, forte is, is the surgery part. So I wanted to bring non-surgical options for women that would provide a good outlook, uh, outcome Number two, quicker recovery with minimal downtime because not everybody has the time to have a surgery reconstruction in the vaginal area, be out for four to six weeks, not be able to have sex and everything else for four to six weeks, and again, impair vacation and work. So I developed and curated a lot of the top-of-the-line services with my specialty in technologies, procedures, products that I'm able to implement in those special need areas which is vaginal health, pelvic reconstruction, vaginal dryness, stress incontinence that I wasn't able to do before because I didn't have the format or the ability. Now that I have my own 4,000 square feet here in the, in the Baptist building, I'm able to expand not only what I do in the regular OBGYN and deliver babies, but expand to all those multiple services that women need. And sometimes they don't even know that they have or they're afraid to ask. Right. Just talk. You know, I'm on, you know, book club or in happy hour. I'm peeing up, sneezing, I just pee. Oh my God. Or I'm working out in yoga. And no, we can help you with that. And, you know, ha having a lot of women friends and, of course, my patients, I don't want to normalize that. I want to make sure they know, listen, you're having that. Yes, it's because ABC, you might have a couple of deliveries or you might have a C section. You're still leaking. There's a lot of changes that occur. So, again, back to the education of why this is happening. But more importantly, 
giving you choices. Listen, yes, I can I can give you some infiltration of of medication. I can give you some energy treatments. In those two, you can do as an operation. So all that cosmetogynecology are treatments that we do for certain things. But yes, in addition, we do cosmetic procedures because a lot of listen. Both men and women are looking for alternatives to feel and look better, not only in the emotional aspect, but in the physical. And I'm not a plastic surgeon, but I am a gynecologic surgeon. And we do treatments for face. We do treatments for arms. We do treatments for the abdomen in my practice. But those are part of the team that I do have. My specialty then is dealing with some of the cosmetic and functional aspects of the vaginal and pelvic area that needs some attention that maybe that patient might not even know they had, but they definitely can benefit from. And Let's talk a little bit about that cosmetic part. A lot of people look at themselves in the mirror and they see, oh my God, I have that little wrinkle here, they treat it. Maybe women, sometimes they might don't mind looking at themselves down there and at times they might feel self-conscious. And that becomes a vicious cycle where that self-confidence get deteriorates and the intimacy then deteriorates and it becomes a snowball effect. And then the relationships suffer, patient self-esteem suffer. And then we have an issue that we can certainly take care of if that issue at first would have been handled properly, knowing that there were some treatments that we could do to that prolapse, to that incontinence, or you know what, my, my labia is a little bit bigger than the other, it's hurting me with, with antibus. Hold the phone, you guys. I want to take a break so I can tell you all about Cinderfit, my new best friend in the gym. Okay, so it's no secret, I work out like a lot, and I work out in a lot of different ways because, well, I like to keep things exciting and new and fresh and different. Enter the Cinderfit block. Listen, I am pretty strong, physically and emotionally, duh. And these blocks come in a range of weights that I'm using to add some versatility to my workouts. There's a lot that goes into my thought process when I'm making purchasing decisions. Everything in my home and my life has to be functional. If it doesn't have a function, I don't want it. But I think it's also no secret that I'm really into aesthetics. I like things to also look nice. <laughs> so I love that Cinderfit has created a stylish, design-oriented, and functional product. Basically, it's like a gym in a block. I don't know if y'all saw, but I stacked my 15 and 25-pound blocks in my home gym, and they're actually, like, pretty and functional. So I love them. I've been sumo squatting, deadlifting, bicep curling, mountain climbing, like the workout obviously, no, I'm not climbing any literal mountains in Miami. I've been tricep dipping, Russian twisting, and I can even attach resistance bands to these bad boys and do all kinds of resistance training with them. I'm having fun, seriously. I also love that Cinderfit has all kinds of supplemental videos on their site so I can get a high intensity training workout in, some sculpting, and even some flow-based inspiration when I need it. Whether you are a beginner or you're doing advanced workouts, you're going to be able to use the Cinderfit block and I'm not even kidding you guys, it can easily replace all of your workout equipment. You know I've got the hookup and I love to share all my great finds with you guys so for a limited time, you'll be able to get free shipping on these um, heavy bad boys with my code NikkiSpo when you order your Cinderfit block at www.cinderfit.com. Summer is coming. I legit think of Game of Thrones every time I say that. You know when they say like winter is coming in Game of Thrones and I think it's like a thing? Well, here in Miami, summer is coming and we need to get ready, folks. Go to cinderfit.com and order yours like right now, right now. I want to take a minute to thank our sponsors, Sana Skin Studio. The best way for me to describe Sana is that it feels like coming home. Unlike traditional facials, Sana's facials are rooted in education and I love this so much. Every experience I've had at Sana has been a chance to learn more about my skin and its needs. I love that the facials are effective while also being accessible enough to be a monthly ritual rather than a yearly splurge. I'm honored to be able to provide our audience with a promo code. Use the code THENOGLOW for $25 off of your first facial at Sana when booking via sanaskinstudio.com. So going back to the fact that like you are a, you know, a pelvic surgeon, right? That in itself is like for, for women who have that prolapse, that might not even, or any other like discomfort in their pelvic region, they might not necessarily be a candidate for surgery, right? Like 
like, but they might need some help, but not necessarily surgery to that, that extent. That right. And correct. that's where like your treatments, the other treatments that you offer in your practice might come in, in handy here is right. Is that they aren't a candidate for surgery, but why are we going to wait until you are a candidate for surgery Thank you. to that, fix something that might need a little bit of help right now? That is the why point. Wait? That is the point. And that's why I collaborate with, with Lily and, and, and her team at, at Beamless Pregnancies. Because sometimes when I see a patient, I say, listen, no, you know, Jennifer, you, you don't need surgery. You're having this pain over here. Let me connect you with a colleagues of mine that might have a different approach to what I do. Try it over there. Or we, again, co-manage that patient. So I, yeah. I've been definitely collaborating with some of the, my my best teams in the community with painless pregnancy. It was all those teams that, that I closely work with to improve not only in the pregnancy, but after the pregnancy to strengthen those. I mean, that's exactly the point. Why are you going to wait until you have the issue if we can do something before? That's you right. Know, when when we we are now having Viagra, Botox, BBM as part of our normally routine and vernacular, you know, we at first thinking, oh my God, why does a 20, 30 year old is doing Botox? But it's preventative. Of course, you know, why are you going to wait until you have the wrinkles? So doing that preemptive stripe of treatments facially. Definitely makes sense to keep the skin healthy there. The same approach I want to encourage all women to think about in their private private and, and, and public areas. There's no need for you to wait until you have incontinence or prolapse or you start in some preemptive treatments and strengthen those muscles or take care of any tissue or complaints that you might have before that. So let's Or let's- just minor, right? Like like minor incontinence. It's like I and I'll I'd I, I at this point, I think my listeners know that I'm a pretty open book, but like, yeah, I was peeing when I sneezed a little bit or when I would laugh or when I would jump, like the jumping jacks thing, man, my trainer knows I'm like, oh my gosh, this is going to take extra work for me, you know, and especially during my pregnancies, but it's like, okay, so is it, does it have that big of an impact in my life? Not, I mean, not really, but if there's a solution to it, do I want it? Yes, I do. You know? And it doesn't involve surgery. Yes, I would love the solution. Yes, please sign me up. You know, and another thing you talked about is like just from an aesthetic standpoint, you know, I think, who was it? Oh my gosh, Jane Fonda. I watched this thing that Jane Fonda said and she they, they asked her, oh, have you had plastic surgery? She's like, are you serious? Yes, I've had plastic surgery. And she said, she went on to say, you know, I got to a point where I was out of the acting industry for so long and then I was trying to get back in and I felt so young and I realized I didn't look that young anymore. And I really wanted to look how I felt. And if we take that and we think about how, I don't know about all the women listening out here, but I'm not ashamed or afraid to say that I'm trying to have good sex for a very, very, very long time in my life. And I want to look how I feel, right? I want to feel how I feel. So if that means as I age, I might have trouble producing natural lubricant. If that means as I age that the in, the consistency of my skin in my private area is, is the laxity is going to be loosening or whatever, whatever it is. Like I want to feel how I feel. I want to look how I feel. And I'm not afraid to say it either here. Like I was that girl who as a child wanted to know what my body parts looked like. I was very curious, you know, like, and I'm, I've, I've not been, let me see, shy about talking about some of the traumatic things that happened in my life, you know, and I think that has a lot to do with my own curiosity form of my my own body because I wanted to know myself. But like I was that little girl who sat with a mirror and I was like, what the heck is going on down here? You know? And I like, you know, I'm not surprised. I have people all the time, Dr. PK, who are like, oh my gosh, I can't believe you're talking about this on your Instagram. I can't believe you're talking about the O shot on your Instagram. I can't believe you're talking about V-Tone on your Instagram. And I'm not surprised I'm talking about V-Tone on my Instagram because I'm like, I've been interested in my vagina forever. That's great. And I'm hoping that this bleeds into a lot of people and they say, you know what, maybe I should put more interest in my vagina. Or you know what, I have this in my job, but I didn't know if that was okay. Or was it being weird because I've been It is part of your body. You should invest in you. And the same yeah. way investing up here, I think you should invest down here too. Because that is something for your own pleasure, but also for your partner's pleasure too. If you have one, whatever sex and preference that might be. But do it for you. The same way I think people take care of here, here. They should take care of that because that's a very important pr- pr- private area. Now, for those people who want to be as comfortable 
as you are and some of the officials are asking questions or knowing more or finding more, then that's why I pretty much open the door. I let them know that there are different treatments and facilities and oh, maybe not, but you know what? Unfortunately, if we do not do anything, things get worse. So I, I just have to let them know I'm here for you when things have an, an issue and, and we can definitely hopefully make them better. But the, the point that you mentioned is, is greatly emphasized is no waiting until you have an issue to, to make it better. And, and you want to make sure it, it functions as the way that you feel, even though you might be excellent of age, you can still make it look and make it work as if it was still on your earlier age. Listen, I'm not trying to wait until I have to have a surgery. You know what I mean? Like if I can have um, a healthy vagina, like I, without needing surgery, like that's the goal for me. And, you know, I think that this really, I really want to drive this point home for my listeners and for my friends and for just people out there. I think there's a really big stigma. Like I, I remember, I, I, you, I mean, I don't mind saying it, whatever. Like after I had my first baby, I was like, Dr. PK, am I loose? Right. And you checked my Kegel strength and you were like, yeah, you need a little work. Right. And I remember thinking to myself before I even had a baby vaginally, I was like, there's no way I'm going to have a vaginal delivery because what a, what's going to happen to my pussy? <laughs> like, I was like, what's going to happen to my partner? He's not going to like me if I'm, you know, and I want to like, I think about it so differently now um, because it's not so much. And I really want to drive this point home for the women. Like, I don't, I mean, I care about my partner's pleasure. Sure. But I care about my pleasure. And I think women need to take ownership and take the power back when it comes to our receival of pleasure. We were not put on this earth to be sacrificial martyrs in service of just the, the male species. We were not. We were not. We're so powerful. We have babies. We are beautiful. We're smart. We're intelligent. And you know, why shouldn't I have the best sex of my life? Why? No. The power for me is like that I get to have this for myself, that I get to have the ownership and the confidence of me having pleasure. And you know what? Everybody wins then. Like if I feel that way, then everybody wins. Well, listen, funny you say that because I have here my hooded little friend called the clitoris. This is oh, we the clitoris. <laughs> and and the reason I want to share that with you is because you mentioned a really important point. This organ, and this is the Sit only up part, higher so we can see it more. This is this is the only part that women see, which is the little hood. But look how big it is, is is more than six inches long. And this is the only organ. This is the only organ in the human body specifically designed for pleasure. Men don't have that. This is the only organ for pleasure. Doesn't have any function. Doesn't it belongs to us. It is for women. There we go. So it is only for women. It has more than eight thousand nerve endings. More than it has no other purpose. No other purpose. I'm sweating. No other purpose. Okay. So I need to take that 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 little uh, uh, um, comment you made because yes, women should get empowered about their own sexuality. And yes, listen, sex involves too. But listen, it's about you too. And listen, get to know your clitoris, get to know your vagina, enjoy your sex, make it better. Something's missing. Let's find out what's missing and make it better in a in a, in a better and healthier way. Absolutely. Okay, so that brings me to the O shot, which um, newsflash, everybody. Yes, I have done. Here, you heard it here first. I hinted at it on Instagram. I have done the O shot, <laughs> which is injections in your clitoris, by the way. Don't freak out. We're going to talk about it. So the, the O shot and O for, of course, orgasm. I had the privilege of, of training with uh, Dr. Charles Reynolds, who is the inventor of the O shot. And this, this, gentleman, this gentleman is, is, is uh, amazing. He actually experimented with the O shot on his own penis. That's how he said let me see if this works. And so oh my God, this worked. So he put it in his penis. And this is PRP is essentially we draw your blood. We spin it. We get the plasma that is rich on platelets. And we all know over the many years of using PRP or plasma in athletes, NBA, NFL, in joints, in injuries, in dental procedures, that it causes some healing. We use it for hair to help create hair. We use it in skin for the vampire facials. And guess what? We decided to use that same technology and use it in the vaginal area, in the clitoral area to improve and enhance women's sex 
improve any vaginal moisture, but also help with stress and color. So this is one of the many things that we have that is non-invasive, minimal downtime. So first of all, Nikki, since you had it, did it hurt? No, dude, no. That's the main thing. People say, oh my God, you're putting a, uh, an injection in my clitoris? No, because we take care of you. We numb you. We have your I'm not even, no, I'm going to interrupt you right there, Peter, because people, you like, you can say it, right? But I can say it because I did it. So you put, I'm like, you, you guys have this medical grade. First of all, you have medical grade numbing cream. People tell me, like, by the way, I, everybody, I had Morpheus 8 done on my face with um, Dr. PK's office. And, you know, I hear a lot of people who say, oh yeah, my gosh, my Morpheus hurts so bad. They put numbing cream, but it hurts so bad. You guys have some some serious numbing cream you guys have that medical grade numbing cream so i really truthfully did not feel any pain on my face during morpheus 8 so did the o shot you guys put the numbing cream and you know you let me numb for a little bit and the next thing that happens right is you give me a shot of what lidocaine was it lidocaine yep. okay which you how many shots which i didn't feel and if i felt anything it's like less than a mosquito bite it, like it's not it's truly nothing because you're so numb was it one shot of lidocaine once you're like, yeah. Who knows? Because I didn't feel anything. Okay. Once you get, <laughs> once you get the lidocaine, you really don't feel anything. You could literally be like pinching like my labia, and I would not feel anything. You could be, you could flick me on the clitoris with your hardest flick that you got, and I would not. I'd be like, yeah, I don't know. I don't feel anything. From there, you take that plasma that you spun, and then you inject it multiple times into the area. So, what areas are you injecting? I know I had one in the clitoris. So, which one I didn't feel because you told me. Yeah, so one is in the clitoris, the other one is in the G spot, and the G spot is that little magical spot right underneath the urethra. The urethra is the little opening where you pee, and a few centimeters in the anterior part of the vaginal wall is that little area called the graphenberg spore from the G spot which is still part of the clitoris and has a lot of their earnings, nerve endings. So that's an area that we also inject the platelet-rich plasma to enhance, remodel, re, re, um, uh, restructure, and enhance sensitivity to that area. But that area is also very critical because it's an area that we as a surgeon, I put the vaginal slings when I'm doing a pelvic repair. We have noted that by us injecting that plate and reach plasma in the area of the G-spot, but also in the area where we put the sling, we have amazing response in decreasing the urinary urgency, that desire to eat every night, and the stressing incontinence when you cough and sneeze. So we put it in the clitoris, we put it in the G-spot, and we have that dual purpose of the enhanced orgasms and sensitivity, the improvement in the uh, bladder, uh, and decreasing episodes of stress and urinary incontinence. But then for those people we needed, we put some of that PRP in the vaginal bottom, right where in the bottom of the area where some people, if they have an episiotomy, they get caught or repaired. We put it there to, again, help that area already potential scar from prior episiotomies. But that's an area that's also very sensitive upon penetration, that people have a little dryness and uncomfortableness. So we try to do that with the, with the PRP. So those are the three areas that we tend to inject. Amazing. Amazing. So, I mean, I think it's fantastic, you guys. I'm going to leave it at that, okay? I think it's fantastic. I think it's fantastic, and I think it's worth doing it. And another thing that, like, for me, that was, like, a, a big thing was, like, Obviously, like, I mean, I'm open about like my injectables in my face. Like I do, I do, I do Botox fillers, whatever. Like I don't have a problem admitting that. But like one of the things, if I'm thinking about what I'm putting in my vagina, like this is your own plasma. It comes from your body. We're not doing, it's not like you're injecting Botox or anything foreign into your body. You're injecting something that's from your body into your body. So I, I love that. I love that. I think it's amazing. I, I, I really do think the O-Shot is amazing. But something else that I'm doing now with you guys is the V-Tone. And so that's really interesting because, you know, after having had three babies, even though my last birth was a cesarean, like definitely care about my pelvic floor. I mean, I, so I actually had a, a, a serious glute and hip injury that no physical therapist could determine why I was having this pain. It turns out that this was a tiny little tear of a tiny, tiny little muscle that's like close to my anus, okay? All right, so how did they treat that? Through pelvic floor therapy. That's what I had to do. I had to finally see a pelvic floor specialist because this wasn't anything a regular physical therapist was gonna get to. I could, but guess what? It didn't just affect like my butt and my vagina, like it, it, it affected my glute and my hip flexor. 
right? But this injury stemmed from something that happened during childbirth, okay? So this, strengthening the pelvic floor, which you know I've done with painless pregnancy and everything, the V-tone does something very similar. It's almost like doing like hundreds of thousands of Kegels, what, like in 30 minutes, right? And it's correct. We usually do like around, you know, 30,000 Kegels, or we do probably in a month and, you know, in a 30-second session. So it's complementary to whatever treatment you're having with physical therapy. And without- Do you know how hard you have to think to do a Kegel? I don't know about, well, you don't have a vagina, but like I have to think really, really hard in order to do a Kegel correctly. I'm like, hold on, And then you're straining and you're straining and sweating. Like, oh, what are you doing over there? Like, I'm going to Kegels. Right. This is like a no-brainer. So this helps strengthen the pelvic walls. Is that right? Pelvic walls. And then essentially- it is like work it up. You go there and you do, you know, five push-ups, and then you go the next time you do ten push-ups. Now you're doing this, doing this massive amount of push-ups. So when you're still doing, because women will still encourage you to do the kegels on your own time, you're gonna be better, better uh, uh, having the electrical stimulation and the muscle strength because the muscle have developed. The same technology of the V-tone we also have for the abdomen as a regular tone machine, where all those people and patients that have the separation of the muscles of the rectal muscles, you have what's called a diastasis of the separation. That tone, the same electrostimulation, mimics doing setups. So that same technology we have here to improve the abdominal muscles, you know, uh, strength, showing your six pack, but also improve that separation that commonly happens in women after they have their babies. So that's also another service that we provide here because all the patients that I'm like, oh, look at my belly, and I'm like. Well, my muscles are open up in the middle and what can I do? And yes, there's surgery we can do, but in the meantime, there is this strengthening uh, um, a platform with the tone that we can improve that muscle strength, both vaginally and also the abdominal wall. I want to give women a little bit of hope out there by sharing a personal anecdote, okay? <laughs> so after my first couple of births, my vaginal births, right? Um, I went and I bought these vaginal weights off Amazon. They sell weights, right? There's like weight one through eight, right? Light through heavy. And I remember being like, oh no, I'm super strong, right? I've got this. I put like this, like number seven, which was like this, the, one of the heaviest weights. I inserted it into my vagina. And I don't know if you guys are ready for this graphic moment, but you might laugh. I, I, I had to laugh because I was so sad that I wanted to cry that I had to laugh. And I put, inserted this weight into my vagina and it fell, just fell right the fuck out, fell right out, okay? Like, my, first of all, my editors are probably listening to this, like, thanks a lot, Nikki, for sharing that with us. But my audience needs to hear this stuff, okay? Little by little, I worked, I worked. I was like, okay, this is very humbling. This is very, very humbling. My vagina is not what it once was. So I went to the back to the first weight. I went to the first weight and I said, okay, we're going to do baby steps here. And, you know, I practiced holding the weight in for like 10 minutes after I took a shower while I was doing my skincare routine. You know, then I was able to like go up to the next level, the next level, and the next level, the next level. Okay, that takes time. That takes a lot of effort, right? Okay, now that I've done that, I'm like, okay, great. I still want to, but I'm still peeing when I see this. Okay. So that's like part of why I've come to do the V-Tone with you guys. And it's amazing that you have all of these services. And I wanted to close by talking a little bit about PCOS because I have a ton of people that I know that have PCOS. And first of all, PCOS is like super highly misdiagnosed. Would you agree? Yes, unfortunately. And unfortunately, it's being mislabeled. And, and, and just like with people having depression or herpes, it has a stigma. I, I want to clarify that. I'm glad you bring that up because PCOS, standing for polycystic ovarian syndrome, originally was diagnosed by this two gentlemen called Stain Leventhal. It used to be called Stain Leventhal syndrome. And the criteria at the time of diagnosis was obesity, infertility, and hirsutism. This is clinical because there were no labs. So if someone was overweight, a little hairy, and they were not able to get pregnant, they were diagnosed of Stain Leventhal syndrome. Not everybody with PCOS is overweight or obese. I have young 120-pound women that have polycystic ovaries. So to start with, Poly from the Greek is many. The way that we can diagnose polycystic ovaries with ultrasound, we see the ovary. And in the ovary, if you have a lot of follicles around the periphery, so poly for many, we see you have a lot of follicles, you have polycystic ovary. A woman might have polycystic ovary, but if they have regular menstrual cycles, then clinically and hormonally, she's at least releasing the stable and enough hormones that she's able to cycle every month and doesn't have any issue. 
Unfortunately, some women have polycystic ovary, and then the issue that they have is they don't have regular menstruation. They might have it once or twice a year, or they don't have it at all, or it's very regular. Then when they come, it's really, you know, incredibly heavy, massive bleeding. Because their hormones are fluctuating and they're not cycling every month, they have increasing testosterone. That's like the hair citizen will increase in here. Because they don't ovulate, that's why they're unable to get pregnant. Not that they're fertile, they just fail to get pregnant because they're ovulating. Because the hormones are also imbalanced, they have an increase in insulin, which in turn causes them to gain some weight and put a little bit of fat in areas where they don't want to, like in our belly. So they have that type 2 diabetes shape of, of being a little bit neck and, and body in the middle and hip that uh, heavy. And that becomes the classic picture of the polycystic ovary, which becomes almost a metabolic syndrome where you have issues with diabetes, metabolism, fertility, uh, bleeding irregularities. And again, if not identified early or properly or managed, it can create a lot of not only gynecological issues with the bleeding and the fertility, but a lot of health issues long-term, such as overweight, high blood pressure, diabetes. But why you mentioned that up because it is misunderstood, it is sometimes misdiagnosed, and sometimes it doesn't have to be treated if you don't have any symptoms, but certainly if it's identified earlier, we want to make sure we educate that patient, let them know there are options for management, you know, in terms of medication options, if it's, you know, cyclic, monthly bleeding medication or birth control pills or surgery treatments, we can go over all that to discuss the management for the polycystic ovary. Thanks for bringing it up. Well, and one of the things, Dr. PK, and the reason why I really brought it up is because like with my network of women that I know that do have PCOS, like they're being treated, they're they're finding a, a great balance and everything. Um, but one of the things I've heard is that it, the combination of whether it's homeopathic or natural meds or like pharmaceutical meds um the combination is decreasing their libido so do these just the oshat is that and your services in general because i know that you offer a plethora of services and we've only spoken about a few here but are the services that you provide will they help with something like that like the loss in libido because of other health issues Yes, and it's important then to have that really uh, uh, thorough conversation, putting attention to detail about what medication that patient is in. Yes, of course. What, what other medical conditions they might be in? Because sometimes some of the medications that we take, if I take Paxil or Zoloft, all those medications totally. increase the libido by itself. But then if there are other medications for the men, if I put them on, on, a, on a beta blocker for a blood pressure, then the man is going to have issue with erection. If the patient has diabetes, that male also is going to have an issue with erection. So all that translates a little bit with women. We have to make sure we take, again, that's my belief of being wholesome and, and, and holistic on the approach to treating women because there are many things that we can offer. Sometimes we would think, well, how, why is my libido low if my testosterone is high and having acne increasing here? Well, that that testosterone is in areas that you don't want it to be and unfortunately not where you want it to be. Hence why the ocean might help locally the clitoral stimulation and perhaps enhance that area. If it's a libido overall, how are you feeling? Sometimes we have supplementation of testosterone, which is a hormone that women and both men release. And then there is a room for offering testosterone to women for that sense of well-being, for that increasing energy, for that sometimes also you do a little bit of weight loss and you have an increase in muscle strain, but for the overall sense of well-being. So we complement in some women that testosterone treatment together with OSHA and other treatments to increase that libido when it's really important. If you think about how many medications are for men in erectile dysfunction, you you know fall off the floor. More importantly, that they're covered by insurance. Okay, oh, oh, this is not like a death. On that. This is not a death-threatening you know medical condition that men have. But you know, are there medications for women for sexual health? There's only two, and unfortunately, they're not even publicized. They they work, but you know, it tears commitment and it, it turns a cost because some of them, if they're covered by insurance, you have to pay for it. One of them is a shot, the other one's a medication, and then we have testosterone as a third option. So now, as another option, which is again not covered by insurance, which is the the PRP, the O shot, we have at least something to complement the really lack of products to uh, uh, affect 
women's uh, well-being and health, sexual health, which is extremely important. So I feel definitely uh, as a disservice and why I wanted to continue and using this platform that you have to let them know that, listen, there is stuff there, it's not too much, but we're trying to do our best here in the Miami Institute to make sure you have education and knowledge and know that there are options to improve that area in particular. Dr. PK, I can't thank you enough for being here today. Like this has been such a fun conversation to have. I'm really excited to have it. Like I might regret having shared the whole like vagina weight dropping on the floor situation, but you know, maybe somebody will laugh about it. Maybe somebody will like be like, hey, maybe I need to get my stuff, my stuff down there organized. And maybe they'll, you know, like they'll find some hope in this conversation because that's ultimately what I want for, for women everywhere is to have hope in like, and confidence in their bodies right and everything that women are because we're not just one thing we're so many things you know i want all of us to come home to ourselves and i just want to thank you so much for your time and for your energy for your intelligence for your compassion and warmth and just your willingness and all everything that makes you who you are and you and diana together so thank you i'm I'm excited to put this out into the world thank you so much have a great great weekend advocate What is up, Truth Speakers? Thank you so much for listening to this episode of The Know brought to you by Cinderfit, my new favorite piece of workout equipment, which can easily replace all of your existing workout stuff because no one likes clutter. You can pretty much do it all fitness-wise with a Cinderfit block. So like I said earlier, summer is coming. It's time to get your fitness game on so you're feeling great, not just for summer, but for life. Get free shipping on your heavy Cinderfit block for a limited time by using my code NikkiSpo when you check out at www.cinderfit.com. Enjoy. This podcast was brought to you by Sana Skin Studio. Be sure to use my code the No Glow for $25 off of your first facial at Sana when booking via sanaskinstudio.com. More than a skin studio, Sana is a movement towards healthier skin and self-love. Thank you so much for listening to The Know. If you loved this episode, go ahead and share it with a friend. Words are so powerful and someone may need to hear what we covered today. And if you really loved this episode, please take a moment to rate the show and leave a review. Your comments are so important and valued and they give other listeners insight on what to expect on The Know. You can connect with me personally via Instagram at Nikki Sap Spo and The Know with Nikki Spo. My hope for you today is that you are fearless and looking inward so that you can be your highest, most authentic self and go after the life of your dreams. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success.